Good evening and welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church in New York City, a church that is committed to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in an atmosphere of love. Please join us this hour as Pastor Matthew Recker opens the Word of God and then brings others, including you, into the conversation. Tonight, we'll seek to have a dialogue that will glorify God and will show how the Bible is relevant to everyday life. Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own heritage of faith. Thank you for listening to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program this evening with your host, Pastor Matthew Recker. We are currently in a series called Back to the Beginning, and we are going through the book of Genesis chapters 1 through 11. My name is Micah, and I'm the ministry assistant at Heritage. And tonight, we will dig into the first part of Genesis 3, the fall of man. If you would like to join our conversation tonight, or if you want to call in with a question or a prayer request, give us a call. Our studio phone number is 929 333 3739. I want to give a shout out to one of our faithful listeners tonight, Emily Smith. Emily, if you're listening, thank you. We love you. Uh, Pastor Matt, I have a question for you tonight. She's listening. (laughs) I got got a text from her dad. And she is six years old, if any of you thought that was weird that we said we love you. I had such a good time playing (laughs) games with uh, the children on Friday night. Oh, yeah? Uh, Adrian and Susan hosted a wonderful game night. Yeah, we had a really good time. And I got to play with Emily and and Ren and Timmy and Timmy and, yeah. oh, and I played little children games with them and they were and they beat me they beat you they, every they, time they whipped me that was crazy I, I was the big loser <laughs> pastor i have a question for you do you remember the very first sermon that you ever preached i do i do absolutely because i uh, was just coming off of deputation god gave me a sermon called behold the city Behold the city. And I preached it almost in every church. It was like my lollipop. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, then, okay. so then when I started the church, uh-huh. I said, I'm going to preach that sermon because okay. it was in my heart. Yeah. And I did a free, I took each point and mm-hmm. preached a sermon on it. So the first message that I did in November 1984, City View Baptist Church in the heart of Flatbush, Brooklyn, was Behold the Despised City Leper mm-hmm. that Jesus Healed. And wow. then that's why I entitled my book. Behold the, the city. city. Yeah. yeah. So, so you wrote a couple books, correct? I, yes, I did. And we have with us a f- famous author, actually, a new author of a book. And it's a dear brother who's heard, listened to our radio program many years. And I got to know Dow, Kevin Buford, through our radio program. And we started talking on the radio. He would call me, and we would got to know each other. Then he, he came to our institute class and vi- has visited our church over occasion. And then I found out... Brother Dow, welcome to our program. You've written a book, and it's such a joy to have you with us on the Heritage of Faith Conversations tonight. It's truly an honor to be here with you and uh, Brother Micah. Uh, WMCA, this is iconic. I mean, I've listened to this station for years, listened to your program for years, and it's truly, you know, really an honor to be here. And uh, my book uh, is entitled, I have it, I got it all in my little shopping mall. Uh, I'm a famous vendor from Staten Island on the Staten Island Ferry who um, back at when I was 27 started selling merchandise on the Staten Island Ferry making an honest dollar Yeah. and the city of New York said that I couldn't do it and I refused to take that accept that so I fought with the system and fought with the system and uh, I I tell my story I tell the story of the years of struggle uh, being tackled to the ground being thrown in jail 
dealing with racism, dealing with all types of adversity, just to make an honest dollar and sell merchandise. Mm. I tell my story, and at the same time, also in this book, I have a collection of poetry, mm. six different categories of poems, wow. uh, from Jesus is Lord to social comments to black history and struggle. And I've even written a poem about a great pastor, oh. <laughs> and his name is Matthew Recker. Wow. Well, that's a, is that where it is? It's at the very back of the book. You saved the best for last. The best you know, for last. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dow, uh, you know what? I just praise God for your faith and for your heart to struggle and to fight uh, for the gospel as well as for justice. And we appreciate that so much. And it's always a joy through the years to talk to you. When we get on the phone, we just all, we just start talking about the scripture, don't we? And yes, about sir. the Bible. And I said, what a blessing it will be to have Dow to come on, and we just have this conversation here. Yeah. So, and you wanted to read that poem that you wrote. I, I, I would be so honored. I am so honored that I. Uh, that you would write a poem about nobody's ever written a poem about me before Dow. so my heart is touched well i think it's long overdue pastor and i'm going to share it right now okay matthew recker have a chat with pastor matt okay of god a mighty servant of his word extremely observant of heritage baptist he is the pastor his life is dedicated to the master an apologist, an evangelist, a great man in our midst. Matthew Recker is his name. He teaches about Christ who healed the lame. You can hear him on the radio waves. <clears throat> He'll let you know Jesus couldn't be held in the grave. Recker is deep into the word, studies it with the eyes of a bird. <laughs> He's very astute. He's the leader at the Heritage Baptist Institute. Pastor Recker teaches about the cross. He's concerned about the lost. He leads his church on international missions. He cares about the human condition. So call Pastor Matt. He'll be glad to have a chat. Tune him in on the radio. Then watch how you spiritually grow. Wow, my brother, that, that is amazing. That, you, God has blessed you with the ability to put rhyme and word together, and, and I feel so honored that the first time I've heard that poem now, you know, that was, you know, that was a first of me hearing it, and it was just amazing that you would write that about me, and I, I, I'm, I'm um, very humbled, mm -hmm. but I do seek to preach Christ, and I'm glad that that's what you've heard from me. You yes, know, sir. What you've written there. That's the greatest compliment anyone could actually pay me, Amen. that, you, that you've heard the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So praise the Lord. Thank you, Dow. Thank mm -hmm. you so much for sharing that and taking the time to write that. That's really an encouragement. Well, it's a word portrait, and I think it clearly describes who you are, Pastor. Uh, thank you, brother. Thank you. And how could it, if anybody would like to get that book, maybe they'll find that they have a poem about them in there too. You know, you never know. But, <laughs> Tiger Woods, but, if you're listening, yeah, so there's yeah, one about yeah, Tiger Woods. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, how would someone get that book? Could you? Well, would you like to give that information? Yes, out? Uh, due to the, uh, you know, I had certain difficulties with uh, you know, but the the way that they can do it now, if a person calls me, I'll give you, I'll give my number. If they call me, I can make arrangements for them to get the book right now until we get things in order. Uh, 917 
917-830-0315. Okay, can you say that one more yeah. time? 917-830-0315. Okay, and if there are any listeners who would like to get that book and you want, you would like that book, you can call that number Dow just gave. If you didn't get it, then just call the number here at 929-333-3739, and we'll give you that number as well. And we would love for our listeners to get that book, Dow, and I know they'll be blessed by it, and they'll be amazed by, by your ability to put rhyme and word together like that. And I just want to say, Pastor, this book is really two books in one because you have an intriguing story about a young man that yeah. took on City Hall, and mm. at the same time, you have the poetry, so you have two yeah. books in one. I see. I see. Well, yeah. that, that's I'm looking forward to reading it my, myself. And, and I just got my autographed copy as yeah. well. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Okay. Well, let's get into this program tonight. We are going to be in Genesis chapter 3. We're going to talk about man's great fall into sin. This is such a vital passage of Scripture mm. because it tells us why we are at where we are because of sin. And we see the consequences and the results of sin everywhere, but we're going to read from Genesis 3, 1 through 7. Micah, you'll start us off, and then I'll pick it up, and then, Micah, you'll lead us out in prayer, please. Yeah, Genesis 3. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes will be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, man, it looks scrumptious. It was pleasant to the eyes. She couldn't take her eyes off that tree. And the tree, uh, and a tree to be desired, to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves aprons. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we just thank you, God, for your word. We thank you for the book of Genesis, Lord, and even the story of the fall of man, which tells us so much about our personal condition, Lord. So we pray that you bless this program, bless Dow, bless the words that we say over the airwaves tonight, Lord, and bless all our listeners. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, you know what I do Sunday afternoon. Take a nap. <laughs> just a short so, one. Just and a short and one. I, I, I take this little nap in our church office, you know. So, And then I drive down here to the station from the church office. You know what I did tonight on the, in the drive down? No, what would you do? I listened on my, in my Bible app to Psalm 119. Mm. The longest chapter in the yes, Bible. Yes, yes. And I listened to that whole psalm. It was mm -hmm. very powerful, it's, and yeah, it was amazing. so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And mm. you know what verse? Here's the verse that stuck out to me. Psalm 119, verse 160. It says, Thy word is true from the beginning. Mm. Yes. Mm -hmm. And every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. So when I heard that, I was like, Thy word is true from the beginning. It reminded me of back to the beginning of our series we're yeah. doing. Mm -hmm. So this word is true. Mm -hmm. And people might say, what, talking serpents yeah. to a man? And this, Yes, yeah. thy word is true from the beginning, from Genesis 1, 2, and now we're in 3. Dear friends, 
God's word is true. And he spoke directly to Adam, and he said that the day you eat of that tree, you're going to die. You will surely die, and dying you will die. God's command was precise. He, man wasn't to trifle with it, but Satan distorted, denied God's word. And the very one thing, only one thing, God said, don't do that. Mm, they did it. And so tonight we're going to see Satan's fiery dart of deceptions that continue to bring chaos, guilt, and death into the world. And that we were just talking a little bit, actually, before the program. And I asked you, you know, how have you seen the results of sin out there, you know, when you're when you got your shopping mall out there and you've been fighting injustice and all these things, you know, on the Staten Island Ferry and what you've experienced, how have you seen the the consequences and the manifestations of sin in your experience? Uh, simple, Pastor. Everywhere I look, I see it. Uh, I see it in homelessness. I see it in sickness. I see it uh, in mental illness. I see it mm. uh, in poverty. I see it. Uh, with, with crime, with street crime, with natural disasters, man-made disasters, uh, I, I, it's everywhere. Sin it, it has run rampant, and you, and you know you have these people that we're going to clean up the whole world. We, we are the world. We're going to make everything right. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Yeah. The scriptures tell us it's not going to happen. So we're dealing with the results of sin, and the only thing that we can do is turn to Jesus Christ. He yes. is the answer Amen. for us, and and, t- and until He returns. This this is the way it's going to be. Yeah, he he is the answer and continues to be the answer. So mm-hmm. let's get into this as well. Thank you, Dal. Thank you for that, brother. That's awesome. Let's look at the appearance of Satan to Eve mm-hmm. as the serpent. It says, more subtle than any beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he comes along out of nowhere. We don't know who the serpent was before yeah. this. We don't know where he came from except God created him. The Lord God made him. But he's the fallen angel in the serpent and he questions god yea hath god said Hmm. so micah first question i have is do you think eve knew who she was talking to here and and how does satan's sudden appearance tempting eve indicate even how he seeks to deceive us to this day yeah i definitely don't think eve knew who she was talking to remember she lived in paradise where everything was good So to Eve, a talking serpent slithering up a tree in the garden would have appeared to be just as benevolent as the birds chirping in the branches. It would be one more new thing in a world filled with new things. Verse 1 says that now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. And that word subtle means crafty or sly or wise. And Satan is just as sly with us today. He often tempts us with things that are otherwise benevolent, food, human relationships, even the desire for wisdom. And if we're not on guard, we too can fall into sin. And I love Proverbs 22, verse 3, which says, A prudent man foreseeth evil and hideth himself. In other words, we must watch out for the subtle temptations of the devil. And surprisingly, that word prudent in that verse, a prudent man foreseeth evil, is the same Hebrew word translated subtle here in Genesis 3, verse 1. So in other words, we have to be just as subtle or wise as our enemy. So we must completely rely on God for that wisdom. Yeah, I mean, his appearance is so sudden. It's shocking in the text, right? Yeah. God brings Adam and Eve together as husband and wife. They have this perfect union. They're in their one flesh. It says there was no shame in them. And then all of a sudden, we see this serpent, now the serpent. And so his appearance is so sudden. And I do believe that Eve did not understand at first mm-hmm. 
the dire situation she was in. Yeah. And his, his appearance with suddenness seemed to come with innocence. And he almost seems to represent God. Mm-hmm. And maybe she thought he's just one of God's creatures, yeah. and he's going to come and represent God to me. Yeah. And so Satan, and this is, this is the subtlety of his attack here, is concealing and hiding his real intention yeah. of what he is ultimately working to get Eve to do. And we have to realize that about Satan, dear friend, that he is an enemy, and he's going to conceal his intentions. He can come suddenly upon you and tempt you, and seek, and he's seeking to destroy you and devour you, right? Yeah, Dow? Yeah, I just I think about the uh, verse in uh, 2 Corinthians 11, uh, uh, 13 to 15, where basically it talks about the fact that Satan can transform himself yeah. into an angel of light. Mm-hmm. And right. I'm sure he had that power to do that back then. And, and I, I'm, I'm sure that Eve uh, was uh, victimized by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so, dear friends, if you are coming under the attacks of Satan and under his temptation, and you know that you are, and you are struggling in resisting him. You know, you can't run from the devil. The, the Bible doesn't say run from the devil. Right. You can run from temptation. Yeah. But from the devil, for the devil, it says resist him mm. and stand fast against him in the, in the armor of God, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, dear friend, if you want us to pray with you and help you to put on that armor of God to resist the devil so that he will flee. See, we don't run from the devil. He runs from us mm-hmm. when, we, when we resist him mm-hmm. in the name of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and claim the blood of Jesus Christ and stand on the word of God. Yeah. Dear friend, give us a call at 929-333-3739. We want to pray with you tonight. Some of you are under attack. Some of you have fallen into sin, and now you've developed a pattern of a besetting sin. It just keeps tripping you up over and over again. Can we pray with you tonight? Call us at 929-333-3739. There is victory in Jesus Christ. He is the answer, as Brother Dow said. So Satan comes along with this suddenness as an angel of light, if you will, as Dow just brought out that verse. That's true. And so then, how then does Satan attack, Dow, the Word of God, then to Eve and even to this very day? By casting doubt. Uh, Like today, when you talk to people, some people about the Bible, they will tell you, well, that's been changed. That's been altered. And I like to ask the question, okay, you say it's been changed. Well, who changed it? Mm -hmm. When did they change it? Where did they change it? They can't answer any of those questions, Mm -hmm. but yet they are walking around saying it's been changed. Mm -hmm. Well, no, you have to do better than that. You have to show me where it was changed. Now, we, in fact, know that there are people, for example, the Jehovah's Witnesses have changed certain things in the Bible. For Mm -hmm. example, John 1.1. But we can point that out. Right. So so that's why I say to these people who want to cast doubt on the word, show me where it's been changed. And they can never do it. Yeah, Satan is the one who changes the word, yeah, right? Yeah, but God, God's word never never does change. But that's interesting, Dal, when you said that he creates doubt because Satan put a question mark where God put a period. He says, "Have God said mm-hmm. you shall not eat of every tree of the garden?" That's not a question. It wasn't a question. Right, right, right. <laughs> it was a statement. And that's exactly how Satan came to Jesus. He yeah. said, "If thou be the Son of God, if is Satan's darling word, if." is that word of doubt. And Satan does want us to doubt whether the Bible's true. Satan does want us to doubt whether God created the world literally in six days. Mm -hmm. Satan does want us to doubt whether Jesus 
is the only way. I mean, people say, you, you think that Jesus is the only way? What mm-hmm. about all those people, you know, around the world that, well, well, you know, and so the devil is the master of doubt. Yeah. Well, Pastor, this this question, yea, hath God said, or to put it in today's language, did God really say? Yeah. I feel like it's the question of our lifetime. You know, this is one of the reasons that we decided to go through these first chapters of Genesis. They're just so foundational. So let's think about the questions that our culture has been asking. And I'm just going to list off a few questions. All right. Did God really say that he created us in his image? Did God really say yeah. that he made us male and female? Did God really say that marriage is between one man yes. and one woman? Yes. He did, did God really say he knits together the baby in the womb? Yes. He did, did God really say he's in control I'm of the to planet your and will decide <laughs> its fate? Did God really say that the land of Israel is his and he gave it to Jacob's descendants? Did God really say his son Jesus Christ is coming back? Yes, Pastor, yes. Yes. To all he, those questions. Yes. And he God said yes. He you know, he says this in his holy scriptures, but Satan has deceived the world into questioning God's word. So our, our culture has accepted the lies of evolution, LGBT agenda, abortion as healthcare, extreme green ideology, anti-Semitism, the lie that there is no God and no Savior. The morality and standards of our culture now come in direct opposition to the Word of God, and the serpent hasn't changed since the garden. And you know what, what Satan says here, though, yea, hath God said, mm-hmm. God didn't say what Satan said he said. No. Satan says, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. God yeah. didn't say that. Yeah, right. right. So S- Satan made God sound so overbearing, and he confused, and he's trying to confuse Eve's mind. Did you want to say something, brother? Well, I just wanted to point out, I was just thinking about a verse in Scripture where, you know, doubt has always, you know, all through the Scriptures, you see where uh, uh, the enemies of God will try to cast doubt. Yeah. Uh, for example, you look, you look at Pharaoh, who said, who is the Lord? He asked this question. Who is yeah. the Lord that I should obey his voice mm. and let Israel go? Exodus mm-hmm. 5.2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then you also had Shennacherib with, with Assyria when they were threatening Judah. And it, and it was like, your God yeah. is not going to protect you. I mean, yeah. Yeah. The, the gods of all the other countries couldn't yeah. protect them. Right. How is your, so you, you see it all through Scripture where you have uh, doubt being cast on yeah. what God can do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and these people live to regret it. And it's an effective strategy because many people don't believe the Word of God today, and they've bought into Satan's lie. Mm-hmm. And you, you quoted from Second, uh, 1 Corinthians 11 earlier, and I love this passage as well. And when you go up a little bit more, um, actually, you're, you're right. I'm sorry, in, in, 2 Corinthians, right. in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3, where Paul says, But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, and there's that same right, right. word, mm-hmm. so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. And that's exactly what Satan tried to corrupt Eve's mind about. The simplicity is the bounty and mm-hmm. the generosity mm-hmm. of God, yeah. the benevolence, the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. Have God said you can't eat any tree? God didn't say anything close to that. God yeah. said you can eat of every tree, yeah. except for that one tree. Mm-hmm. So Satan creates doubt. And he creates confusion. And he seeks to make God overbearing and harsh. Mm-hmm. And that is a common view of man. God is overbearing. God is harsh. God is not fair. You know? Yeah, yeah you, you see that. Um, and actually, God is showing love and mercy. Like, like, I, like I've had conversations trying to tell people about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And well, why would God be so cruel as to send people to hell? 
but he's giving you a way where you don't have to go to hell. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so, so why, why is that cruel if he's giving you a way not to go? Mm-hmm. That's right. You have to accept it. That's right. And Jesus suffered hell for us on the cross. Everything that hell is, Jesus endured. The darkness, the separation, the burning, if you will, the burning, as it were, flames of fire and the pain searing through his body. Every joint out of its place and the burning of the wounds on his back. I mean, Jesus experienced hell for us on the cross. All we have to do is receive him, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you won't have to go there, dear friend. That that's so true, Dow. And even you know, we, we like nine eleven. I'd be interested to know where you were on nine eleven. But people say, well, where is God? You know, where is God on situations like nine eleven or tsunamis and hurricanes or tornadoes? These are terrible events, but they happen. People wonder how could a loving, good God allow such things? Well, you know, speaking about nine eleven, I witnessed nine eleven and I read about it in the book. But uh, where were you? On I, I was on the Staten Island side oh, wow. of the of the ferry, okay. and I actually saw the second plane hit, and oh. I could actually hear hmm. across the oh. water oh, wow. the sound of the plane crashing into the building. Oh, wow. But you know, I've given this example from time to time when I when I said to people, if if we could go back in time, mm-hmm. go to the date of September 11, two thousand one, and go into the World Trade Center and say to the people that were trapped in that building, yeah. I found a way out. Mm, mm. How many would say, you mean there's only one way out? Yeah. <laughs> no, they would They would jump on that way out. Yeah. So right now, people who are going to hell, mm-hmm. yeah. we're saying there's only one way not to go. And they want to sit there and say, you mean every, that's not acceptable. It should be, uh, there's a lot of ways that we can get to God. No, there's only one way to get to God, and that's Jesus Christ. That's right. We're all in a burning house, aren't yeah, we? Absolutely. We're all in a burning building. This, this world is going to burn up and everything in it. And there's only one way out of this life to heaven, the door. And, and I, I, I put it like this. Jesus. I'm sorry for cutting, no, no, cutting you off, Pastor. No, no. But, but I put it like this. We're on the Titanic, and Jesus Christ mm. is the lifeboat. Mm. Amen. Amen, brother. Praise God. Dear friends, give us a call. And if you want to talk to Dow, call us right now at 929-333-3739. Join our conversation tonight. Or if you need to call on Jesus Christ, we have some very skilled, loving, godly counselors here tonight to pray with you, talk to you. Maybe you have questions about your salvation. Maybe you've backslidden from the Lord. Get to us and come back to the Lord. Return to the Lord tonight. 929-333. Three seven, three nine. So let's look at Eve's response to Satan's question that mm-hmm. sought to create that confusion and doubt in her mind. And her response shows that he, it's working. Yeah. So let's, and, and I believe Satan really does an analysis of Eve's response. So let's let's look at Eve's response here, mm-hmm. Micah. And yeah. So as Eve responds to Satan's question, how does she show like a lack of precision in understanding and knowing what God has said here? Yeah, well, when the serpent asks Eve if God really said they couldn't eat from every tree of the garden, she starts out well in her answer by countering his claim. But as you said a little bit earlier, you know, she minimizes how generous God was. She leaves out the the word every. So it's every tree of the garden. She just says the trees of the garden. And you may freely eat. She leaves that out. Then she modifies God's prohibition by adding to his command. She says, neither shall we touch it. Now, 
if God said not to eat of the tree, it probably is a good idea to stay far away from it. But God never specifically said, don't touch it. And then lastly, Eve minimizes the penalty that God had given in his command when she says, lest ye die. Now, that word lest could otherwise be the word perhaps. So she's basically saying, perhaps you will die if you eat of the tree. But no, God said, ye shall surely die. The punishment was dead serious. So I tend to give Eve some benefit of the doubt here. I believe that Eve had gotten the command about the tree secondhand and mixed up some of these details. And like a child, she speaks without precision of God's word. But this should be a lesson to all of us that unless we know and understand the word of God, we too might be swept into error when the serpent asks carefully crafted questions. And that's why we do need to know and study and memorize the Word of God, yeah. word for word, Amen. and not miss any words. Because the woman, as you mentioned, well, Micah, she said we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. Mm-hmm. And God said, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. Mm-hmm. So she did, as you said, well, minimize the provision of God. Mm-hmm. And that's that that allows Satan, I think, an inroad yeah. into her thinking as she minimized God's provi- uh, uh, provision. And that why did she say, why do you think she said, neither sh- shall we touch it? What? Where did that come from, do you think? I don't know. I actually don't know. Where do you think? <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't I don't know, but yeah. but she added that into it and God never said said that. But you said, I mean, it's true if you're not supposed to eat it, you shouldn't get near it. But then yeah. again, she had this standard she shouldn't touch it. Yeah. Guess what she did? She's she, standing right there. And then she yeah. touched it. And then she touched it. She, so even if she said you weren't supposed to touch it, she did what she she didn't think she was even supposed to do, you yeah. know? Yeah. Oh. But, you know, for us, it's, it, I mean, look, we have the scriptures. We're looking, you know, when they say hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But imagine being in that position. You know, no no scripture. Yeah. Uh, and, and like you said, Eve heard this secondhand because the instructions were given to Adam. To Adam before she so, was created, yeah. Listen, it, I, it, it was a tough position to be in, mm-hmm. I, I believe. Yeah. And, and we, you know, another thing, we don't know how long this actually went on before uh, yeah, they, no. they, they fell. You know, we it could have been hundreds of years. Yeah, you're right. We don't know because, as you said, um, I mean, or, people always say, well, where did Cain get his wife? You know, when Cain left... Uh, after he killed Abel, right. you know, and Cain married someone. Well, where did Cain get his wife, you know? Well, it was his sister. Mm-hmm. So maybe they had other other children right. a, a before even Cain and Abel. We don't know for a fact, or, or they had either, they had to have other sons and daughters by the by the time Cain and Abel were adults yeah. because Cain married someone. Mm-hmm. So we, you're right. Mm-hmm. We don't know how long. An interesting point about Cain and Abel, no way in the scriptures does it say that Cain was the first child and Abel was the second. It just tells you that Cain came before Abel. Hmm. So, uh, and then even before that, it tells you that Eve is the mother of all living. Mm-hmm. So that's before Cain and Abel are even born. The, the scriptures tells us that, that Eve is the mother of all living. Yeah. Clearly, there were other children mm-hmm. yeah. based yeah. on that. Yeah. yeah. So, dear friends... When the precise wording of God's word is altered, the appeal to sin grows stronger. Mm -hmm. And so know the word of God and counter Satan's attacks with the word of God. Eve didn't do it. Mm -hmm. Jesus did. Mm -hmm. That's exactly how Jesus overcame Satan's temptation with the precise 
quotation and wording of God's word because he is the word of God. Eve, as you said, I, you know, you have to wonder, maybe Adam slipped up a little bit there mm-hmm. and he didn't tell her clearly. Oh, mm-hmm. okay, let's move on. So, Brother Dow, with the precise wording of God's word altered, then we see in verse 4 and 5 now, it's like Satan, just a frontal assault. I, I, I say it this way, he swoops in for the kill. He's, like, he's going for the kill shot, you know, in, in verse 4 when he says, you shall not surely die. So, how does Satan now attack Eve in this? What, what is his word? Well, I mean, he's just coming right out and just saying that, you know, it's, it's you know, God, he's basically saying God is a liar. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, the scriptures tell us that, that yeah. Jesus is the truth. And at the same time, that Satan is a lie and the father of lies. We mm-hmm. see that in, in the book of John. So uh, that that's Satan's whole game, deception. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, Adam and Eve fell for the deception. Yeah, and the Bible speaks in Ephesians 6 of the fiery darts yes. right, of the devil. And I, I believe those darts, the, one of the key ones is deception. In other words, lies. I mean, how many times have we heard people say, oh, when I die, I'm just going six feet under, you know? Yeah. I mean, where did that come from? Yeah. Not from God. So mm-hmm. it's a lie from the devil. People mm-hmm. have, have believed Satan's lie, and they've let it abide in their mind and their heart, and then it becomes a way of their, a, a, a way of their thinking through life, that I'm just going to die and go six feet under the ground, so I might as well live, eat, drink, and be merry, do whatever I want down here. I'm just going to go six feet under. And so to call God a liar, that's mm. what Satan does mm-hmm. here, uh, flat uh, out. Ab- absolutely. And, and, and really, when you think about it, any time that anyone is saying anything contrary to what the, the Word of God is saying, you are saying that God is a liar. Yeah. And imagine the master liar. Mm-hmm. calling God a liar. Well, that's how it usually works. Yeah. yeah, so first he calls God a liar, and then he you know, he even contradicts. He says, For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened. And Eve was probably at this point, yeah. she's thinking, but why would God be denying me something good, something that will give me wisdom? So he, he's gotten this far. He's denied God. He has contradicted him. And lastly, Satan appeals to Eve's pride that is yet unknown in her. He says, ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And at that point, Eve can no longer resist. She's believed the lie that her creator is holding out on her, and now she thinks she can be like God. So how do you read that now, too, when he says, God doth know that in the day you eat. It's almost like Satan is telling her, God's holding back on you. He knows He knows if you eat that, you're going to be like God, right? So what, how's Satan tricking her here? I, I look at it this way, Pastor. It's like when when you're a child and you want to eat candy all day long and your parents are telling you, no, you can't do that. You know, mm-hmm. there's certain things. And, and they're not doing that because they want to punish you. They're doing that because it's good for you. Right. And and so this is what happens when God, with, with his creation, is saying, no, you, you can't do this here. Mm-hmm. There are certain boundaries and limitations. And yeah. so you, you have... Uh, you know, Eve, who wanted to violate that because she felt that she was being, that something good was being kept from her, but yeah. that was not the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that is incredible. He he defames God's character and integrity here, and he's basically saying God doesn't want you. He, he almost gives a lie that if you eat that, you're going to be equal with God, mm-hmm. and God doesn't want to share, mm-hmm. you know, his, right. his glory with you, mm-hmm. you know. And so Satan is just attacking God first as a liar and then uh, as as having no integrity and what a wicked being what a wicked being even here we see him mm-hmm. what we're going to do we're going to go to a song 
And it's a song called What a Savior. And because of sin, we need a Savior, dear friend. And there is a Savior, Jesus Christ. That is, he is our hope. And our hope of overcoming sin and the penalty of sin, which is death, is Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. So give us a call right now. We, we want to hear from you at 929-333-3739. And here's our song, What a Savior. Give us a call right now, 929-333-3739. From the glory of heaven, he willingly came to sorrow and suffering, to seek and to save. He bled and he died and he rose from the grave. Now he's only a whisper away. wonderful Savior, dear friends. Call upon Him today. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. And knowing you're saved, knowing your sins are forgiven is transforming. It'll change your life. You'll be new in Jesus Christ. We have with us tonight a brother that we've known a number of years, and we met him through our radio program. So it's such a blessing to have you with us now this evening. And we had a caller. He was going to call and say hello to you. So, John, if you want to give us a call back at 929-333-3739, give us a call, and you, we'll get you right on the air, okay? And anyone else want to give us a call and talk about 
about Jesus and about the fall of man into sin, or you just want to say hello to Brother Dow and ask him a question about his life, selling his wares on the Staten Island Ferry. I mean, how many people have, have lived their life and provided their livelihood through that? That's incredible to me, brother, and God has gifted you. And you've written a book, so tell, tell again our listeners about the book you've written. The book is entitled, I Got It All in My Little Shopping Mall, it's about my years uh, of selling merchandise on the Staten Island Ferry uh, in, in resistance to the system. Amen. Yeah. That didn't want me to do it. Amen. And we have a call from John. He said he wants to say hello to you, so let's get John up here, see if we can get him on. Uh, uh, John, welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations, Matthew. and you're on the air with us. Yes, Pastor Matthew Racker. Yes. Yes, you, you remember me, John. Uh, I came with access right to your church. Uh, um, I'm, I'm blind, the, the blind fellow. I remember you, John. Yes, God bless you. Thank you yes. for calling, and yes, I'm glad yes. you're still Thank out you. there. Yes. You know, I wanted to ask Dow. Dow, how are you? How are you doing, sir? Yes. I, I, uh, forgive me for saying, but um, you were the fellow that had the wagon that was selling batteries. Batteries, headphones, Walkmans, everything you need for the perfect tone. The service is sweet. I come right to your seat. Step up and place your order. It's like Macy's on the water. Yeah, no, yeah, I remember, I remember you because uh, when I had my sight, uh, 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 you had a wagon and you were selling stuff. Yes, sir. So you moved that wagon around, and you said it's like Macy's on the water. That's Step up and place your order. I got it all in my little shopping mall. <laughs> I pre- okay. What are you doing now? You don't. You don't. You don't uh, sell anymore. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, right now I wrote my book, and I'm I'm marketing my book to to people to let people know that they, that they can get the full story of the little shopping mall and all I've been through. Uh, you know, the resistance from the system. I've been arrested, tackled to the ground, thrown in jail. At the same wow. time, my portrait's been put up in the museum and. So there's been, a, you know, there's been good and there's been bad. At the same well, time, you, I praise Jesus Christ. Yes. When you were on the boat, though, uh, uh, did you have to have a license in order to to to, to sell stuff? Well, that was the that was a problem. The city of New York did not want to give me a license, and so I oh. I did what I had to do in spite of the city, and that's why I had the the issues that I had, and uh, that's why I had you know the the, the public support. And uh, at the same time, I had the resistance from the system. Yeah. City, the little shopping mall versus city hall. <laughs> okay. The little shopping okay. mall took on city hall, and and you won in the end. Yes, sir. Amen. Jesus is Lord. Right. Praise God. Okay, okay John. Thank you, Matthew. Thank, you, yes. thank you so much for listening and calling tonight. And Dow, you wanted to share one other poem. Right. I have a a poem entitled "The Holy Bible." Real quick. Amen. That sounds good. Two testaments of your time make an investment. 66 books. Be quick to take a look. 1,189 chapters. Good for the here and after. 31,102 verses. Receive the blessings. Avoid the curses. 783,137 words. Scope them with the eyes of a bird. Read God's scripture. It's good for the soul. Do it now. Don't be slow. Amen. Praise Amen. God. Yes, and dear Amen. friends, read God's word. Take time every day. Seek first the kingdom of God. Make that your 
first move of the day to go pick up the Word of God. Maybe it's on your phone. Now I, I pick up my phone and I put it on and it talks to me. And, you know, I, and I, I read the Word, but I have the Bible read to me as well. So if I'm shaving or if I'm getting my cereal in the morning, and I know Emily and Chloe know what I like to put on my cereal, and I, I, what my cereal is, my favorite cereal is Wheaties. And I put a blueberries on there and, and a banana on there. And while I'm doing that, I'm listening to the Word of God. So, dear friend, God's Word is sweet to the soul. Amen. Amen. The number is 929-333-3739. And here, here's my challenge to you right now. If you're not having your daily devotions, if you're not in the Word every day, you call us right now. And let us pray with you about that. We have some loving folks who will pray with you that God would help you to be faithful in reading your Word each day. 929-333-3739. Okay, let's talk to about... The temptation now and the uh, how it appealed to Eve, Micah, mm-hmm. as we see man's fall into sin in living color, how does Satan appeal to Eve and bring about disobedience? Yeah, well, we often think of this moment in Scripture as the first fall into sin. And in terms of humanity, that's correct. But there also was Satan's fall before this, and it's described in Isaiah chapter 14. In pride, Lucifer said, I will be like God, and then he literally fell from heaven as a punishment. Well, it's that same pride in Eve which the serpent appeals to, and Satan continues this tactic today. You know, how often do people sin against God and against their fellow man due to their pride? One really notable example this week happened at the Academy Awards. You know, we were on the radio. We weren't watching the awards show. But you couldn't miss the media coverage where, you know, Chris Rock made a joke about Will Smith's wife, and Will Smith walked up there and smacked him. And just minutes later, Will Smith actually won the award for Best Actor. And in his speech, he said something really interesting. Apparently, another actor, Denzel Washington, approached him after the slap and said to Smith, at your highest moment, be careful. That's when the devil comes for you. So I'm not speaking for Denzel Washington. I'm not speaking for Will Smith. But I thought that comment, in that comment, it was right on in describing how the devil always exploits our pride. Pride comes before the fall. We know that. Yeah. I just want to add to that. I think that that was a very teachable moment in many different ways. And Chris Rock literally turned the other cheek. Mm. And then when they um, asked, uh, did did he want Will Smith arrested? He said, no, don't arrest him. So I think there was something to learn from every angle there. Will Smith yeah. was wrong, but Chris Rock forgave him. I know we're kind of going off the rail here, but my, my <laughs> take on this was, you know, when Chris Rock got hit, I, w- I thought maybe it was an act. I thought the whole thing maybe was staged because the way he responded yeah. was almost with laughter, yeah. and it was like he t- took a punch pretty good. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really a punch, maybe it was like a, but it was a... It was a slap punch, you know, but he took it pretty good. And and I thought, was that just staged? But then when Will Smith sat down Mm -hmm. and his response, then you could see his his brutal anger that he had. But it was an ugly scene for sure. And it shows us, too, the real truthful side of Hollywood Mm. that Christians should be aware of. But the appeal here to Eve is so similar to how Satan appealed to Jesus Christ. Through the lust of the eyes, mm-hmm. the lust of the flesh, mm-hmm. the pride of life. First John chapter two, verse fifteen through seventeen. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For all that is in the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. That's all the world has to offer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From the first temptation of man and woman in the garden till now, 
Satan really needs no other strategy. Mm-hmm. He's been using but, the same one for over 6,000 years. And it, But it, thank God we have a Savior. It didn't work on Jesus Christ when he was tempted by the devil. He knew that the devil was a liar and only God is worthy of our worship, dear friend. And so be strong in those temptations. Stand on the word of God. Claim the name of Jesus Christ. Plead the blood of Jesus Christ. Resist the devil through the name of Jesus Christ. There is victory in Jesus. Faith is that victory that overcomes the world. So, verse 7, when Eve then, she took the fruit thereof. Everybody says it's an apple, right? But we don't know. I think it was a mango. I mean, but... but, took the fruit, and did eat. And what's so amazing to me about this text, too, is it says, if you're wondering, where's Adam? Mm-hmm. I mean, Satan is talking to Eve. Why mm-hmm. did Satan pinpoint Eve? Perhaps because he knew that she, was, she didn't get the full yeah. report mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. But it was God had told Adam. But Adam, now we see Adam in the picture, right? Yeah. So here, there he was, passive. Not aggressive, not protecting his wife as mm-hmm. he should have been, mm-hmm. but just standing there. And when she ate, he, she could have stopped her. He should have jumped on her and taken that thing out and thrown it far away or something, you know. But not only did he let her eat, she gave him and he ate. Oh. And so that was the plunge. That was it. They took the fall. So what's the aftermath here, Dow? What's the result of sin? And how did Adam and Eve... How, what happened to them, and did they get what Satan promised them? Uh, no, they didn't get uh, what, what Satan uh, what Satan promised them. Uh, they got well, they got death. That's mm-hmm. what they yeah, got. They, and, mm-hmm. and a lot of times they got what God promised them. Yeah, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and, and a lot of times Satan, like we like we said, he's the master of deception. Mm-hmm. He'll make something look good, but it's actually death. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's that's what they got in the long run. And, of course, look at what the world is suffering through now. Right. There you go. Yeah. You know, Eve was deceived by Satan into thinking the tree would provide her both physical and spiritual pleasure. You know, she was going to get physical pleasure by tasting the delicious forbidden mango, I guess. She would have the spiritual pleasure of having her eyes open to secret knowledge. And we see so many going after these same things today. You know, while there might have been a moment in pleasure, you know, with Adam and Eve eating the fruit, there's a moment in pleasure, you know, when we sin but there's so often the opposite of that pleasure you know physically adam and eve immediately recognized their shame they were uncovered they could be seen they quickly tried to rectify the situation by covering themselves with fig leaves spiritually they were separated from the creator and filled Mm -hmm. with fear we learn later in the chapter that they hide because they fear god coming so they really did get the opposite of what they were looking for in that physical and spiritual pleasure yeah and this is (laughs) Sometimes God's word, I, I try my best to fully grasp it, but it slips through my fingers. Hmm. So Satan lied to them and said, God no, would no, will know that in the day you eat thereof, your eyes shall be opened. Then they did eat, and it says the eyes of them both were opened. But was it in the same sense that Satan had promised them? Mm-mm. I say no. no. But God does say later on in chapter 3... In verse 22, he says, Behold, the man is become as one of us, to know good and evil. And I don't fully understand that, honestly, Mm -hmm. sitting here right now. But Mm -hmm. I will just say this, that God wasn't withholding 
from them anything for their own good. Yeah. But God did not want them to experience evil. Mm-hmm. But And, of course, God has never experienced evil. God cannot sin. He's yeah. absolutely holy. So God mm-hmm. isn't saying he's going to become like us to, to know good and evil. Mm-hmm. So the way that man was to know good and evil is something different here. Mm-hmm. But the point is this. Satan still promises people, if they follow his way, mm-hmm. if they do, let's say, horoscopes, mm-hmm. if they do yeah. New Age uh practices yeah. that they're going to get enlightened if they do yoga yeah. for example if they do some kind of hindu religion yeah. they're going to they're going to get enlightened Secret knowledge, you know? yeah, yeah there there's going to be enlightenment mm-hmm. and that's a lie dear friend there's a there's a lie in yoga there's a lie in the horoscopes there's mm-hmm. a lie in that transcendental mm-hmm. meditation the truth we need is jesus christ and the word of god there's a lot you know Shirley MacLaine is is a big liar you know she said she says basically the truth everybody needs to know is that they are god you know mm-hmm. which is satan's it's lie the exact lie that satan told Eve yep. yeah and mormon mormons believe in this yep. lie too they that you know mormons believe god. that when you when you die you can progress to become like god yeah. in the afterlife so you know satan has this lie that you will be as god mm-hmm. you will be enlightened dear friend the way to be like god is to come to Jesus, mm. and he'll make you like Jesus, mm. mm-hmm. to be conformed to the yeah. image of Jesus Christ. And there's only one God, and we want to glorify him in all that we do. Okay, so as we wind this up tonight, we see, finally, that Romans 5.12, let's try to just bring, to wrap this up, how Romans 5.12 brings forth the importance of the fall for all humanity. What in other words, what's the consequences of what Adam and Eve did here mm-hmm. to us today? And we've been talking about it, but just to wrap it up, and to all humanity. Yeah, well, Romans 5.12, let me read it. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have been, uh, sorry, for all have sinned. So one thing I think is important to point out here is that the blame for the sin doesn't fall on this couple. It falls squarely on Adam. Paul tells us that Eve was tricked into sin by the devil, but that Adam was without excuse. First Timothy 2.14 says, And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Mm-hmm. So another important thing to remember is that Luke 3.38 calls Adam a son of God, meaning Adam was not born of a woman, but was created directly by God. So Adam, the first man, a son of God, knowingly disobeyed God and brought sin into the world for all humanity. Every child born after him with any earthly father will have Adam's sin nature. Only another man not born of the seed of man, one born without a sin nature, could reverse this curse of sin. And that second Adam, of course, is Jesus Christ, born from the virgin, a true son of God. Amen. Amen. Dow, so good to have you here tonight, brother. May God continue to bless you, and may the Lord bless the book that you've written to, to go far and wide and encourage many people. Thank you, Pastor. I appreciate you so much. Yeah. You, you also, Michael. Thank oh, you. Thank Thanks you for joining us. And dear you. friends, you see, Lucifer's sin did not enter into the world because God gave Lucifer no authority. He gave man the authority over all of creation. So when man sinned, the earth began groaning, and all men born are born in sin, shapen in iniquity. And that's why we need Jesus Christ as our Savior. Call upon Him and live for Him. Good night now. God bless you all.
Thank you for tuning in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. To find out more about Heritage Baptist Church and our service times and locations, visit our website at hbcnyc.org. We stream multiple services online each week, including 11 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7.15 p.m. Wednesday nights. All are welcome, and you can find links to participate in our services on our website, hbcnyc.org. And join us again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for another Heritage of Faith conversation sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church. Until then, rejoice in the Lord.